giant robot smashing into other giant robots. This is the Giant Robot Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast, where we explore the design, development, and business of great products. I'm your host, Lindsay Christensen. And I'm your other host, Chad Pytel, and we're back with Courtney and Ty Caldwell of Shearshare. Welcome back. Hi, guys. Hey. Thanks for having us again. How's your Monday going so far? It's a Monday. Uh, it's not manic, but it's a Monday. <laughs> Thankfully, it's not manic. <laughs> so is every Monday the same for you two? Never. Uh, no, it's never the same. <laughs> I actually look forward to Mondays. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Yeah, see, Mondays in the beauty and barbering world, you know, it's usually the office days for stylists and salon and barbershop owners. Because typically Sunday, Monday are the same as like corporate America's Saturday, Sunday. So this is like still the weekend for the industry and people are in their offices, getting their books together, confirming appointments, making sure they order, paying out vendors, all that good stuff. So this is uh, usually the best day for us to get in touch with folks from the industry. Yeah, we get a chance to communicate, get a chance to find out some valuable information, some valuable data, anything that's going on, positive or negative in, in the industry or within their business. Is there such thing as a typical day for the two of you when you Mm -hmm. look at your schedule? No, no typical day. No, we have to look at our weeks. We try to look at our weeks like every two weeks in advance. And even that was a little bit, not overwhelming, but because the days are so wildly different, you know, this morning can look completely different from tomorrow afternoon. And then the weekend is like another beast into himself. Now we just try to look at the next five days, like what's going on in the, in the next five days and where do I need to plug in? Where does he need to plug in? Where do we need to show up together? What does our team need from us? What does the industry need from us? And, and what can we do to um, you know, continue to do our part to keep our small businesses open? But no, I used to wish that days looked the same. But then in corporate America, when I did live that life, it was a little boring. And so I'm actually very thankful that no two days are alike in the world of sheer share. Do you try to keep a regular schedule if even if the contents of that schedule, like, do you start the same time every day? How do you approach that? Uh, we try to start our day around the same time every day, sometimes in between the hours of 630 and 7 30 and just like yesterday courtney was like we were getting ready to eat a late lunch and courtney was like look look at the schedule for tomorrow and so we'll just kind of look at the schedule and see what it is and just kind of prepare our minds for the day and just go from there yeah i I think the most boring aspect of our life or maybe some people call it boring we don't we just feel like it's how we're disciplined to kind of tackle the day um is very early in the morning for us so like ty said we get up in the morning we do the same routine so we get up we pray we meditate together we walk the dog we exercise we drink the same little anti-aging drink with turmeric and ginger and honey and uh, fresh squeezed orange juice and, and take our vitamins. And then that like honestly sets the day for us like once we've meditated. And then we can we feel like we can tackle anything. And then right at eight o'clock, we jump on with our team for our daily standup and we're off to the races. But after that, anything after eight o'clock never looks the same. Everything before that <laughs> looks pretty consistent. <laughs> Staying on the theme of the overall schedule for the day. Do you make a point of syncing your meal times and that kind of thing so that you can eat together or you just take it as it comes? Yeah, we, we, eat we, we eat together. We might not snack together, mm-hmm. but we eat together. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> we may not snack together, but we definitely eat together. No, that that's important for us. I think when we were you know, first starting our family, you know, some things were just a given is that we would have time around the table 
to check in with each other. Like when, when our son Trey, who's now about to be 20, oh my goodness, when he was younger, we would always have these things called... Um, sunshine and cloudy. Oh yes. Well, what were your sunshine moments and what were your cloudy moments? And so everybody would go around the table and talk about the highs and lows of their days. And in, in essence, Ty and I still do that, although we're empty nesters, but we just get to do it more <laughs> frequently throughout the day. But small things like that, like having our meals together and looking each other in the eyes and laughing about something that may have happened that day or helping somebody through a challenge with a friend or a coworker or business decision, that tends to be the, the very basis, or like a really good root for our family. And that's carried on into business. And then w- what time do you wrap up the day usually? <laughs> there, there's no wrap up time. <laughs> yeah, I, wish, oh, no. I wish there were a wrap up time. It's, oh. And it's, it's not like we, we're not the co-founders who will stand here and say, oh, you should work 20 hours a day and, you know, thrive off mm-hmm. of lettuce and Skittles like that. That is not us at all. <laughs> uh, we're, we're a little bit longer in the tooth. And so uh, yes, we, that fabled lettuce and Skittles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we work stocks that. Yeah. There you go. They really do, actually. Um, but but that that is not us at all. You know, we are a little bit more seasoned in life. And so we understand the value of getting enough sleep and making sure, you know, we hydrate well and that we are active throughout the day. Even if we're waiting for something to happen, we're still very active in that waiting period, which kind of brings me to all the, the COVID stuff and the, the various pandemics that we're all experiencing right now. But even in the waiting period, period. We do uh, wait well, but it's an active waiting period. I wish that I could say that we close the books at, you know, six o'clock every day or eight o'clock every day. There are days that we kind of shut down earlier, but that you're always constantly thinking or talking about, you know, something related to the business. Even if we're sitting here watching a Netflix show, you know, we may say, oh, remember when such and such happened? And we may laugh and joke about something like that. Uh, but we <laughs> definitely do get time together that is unstructured, not about the business, because all those things are very valuable. Because honestly, like your business is only as healthy as you are. And you just never know when you're going to get an aha moment or idea. It could be watching a Netflix movie. So, you know, we don't typically not turn it off. We just kind of pull away. And if we have an idea or a thought or we need to go and, and start doing something, we'll do it. If I need to do a recording and just send it out the next day, I'll do it that late that night. And then it's work regardless. So, but it's fun. We, we typically like to take the, the positives, the pros, what we do and uh, utilize them at any time of the, the day that we see fit. And then a lot of the just internal work that we just do constantly is ongoing, uh, which I would call a con, which is not necessarily a con. <laughs> and it's just tedious stuff that we need to do. We just do that during work hours because it has to get done while the team is up and while the team is alert, and while the team is working together. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I will say this, my husband's getting to know my husband over these last couple of decades. He's, I think that his sweet spot and where he comes up with like ideation and innovation and like, you know, the next biggest idea is when he's active, like when he's moving around. And so how that looked just yesterday was that Ty got up and said, hey, let's get up and go for uh, a bike ride. And I was like, oh, awesome. I'm always thrilled. You know, a few years ago, he bought these matching bikes for us and they're phenomenal road bikes. And so it doesn't take us anything to just hop on and, and go for a few miles. But my husband did not tell me the entire plan. He first had us bike to an elementary school. And then he said, hey, let's just kind of run around the track. So we ran a mile. 
And then we hopped back on the bikes, rode, I don't know how many more miles to another elementary school that I usually don't even go to unless I drive past there. And you wanted to run another mile. And then you wanted to get back on the bikes and circle back to a third elementary school. And I'm just thinking, what? Does he not love me anymore? Like, I thought that we were friends in this. This is the but, great race. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was. I, we were training for something, and he did not share that memo with me. But, you know, 20-plus miles later, we end up back home, and he is just, like, a go with, you know, different ideas and different possibilities. And, and, and I love it, but it's at the peril of my, my cardio. <laughs> And Ty, was that intentional? Was it a, a, a brainstorming marathon sesh? Well, I wouldn't call it a brainstorm marathon. I think that you got to get these times in your moment to sometimes access ideation through just reality of life. Mm-hmm. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, taking a bike ride and just looking at the wonders of the world that we never really get a chance to look at, just looking at the trees, looking at the wind blow the trees or just taking the moment on a on a Sunday morning is kind of like what Lionel Richie said. You know, it's 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 easy like Sunday morning, and you just take <laughs> that ride, and you you take the time to get physical. And you know, I wanted to get some cardio in, and I wanted to make sure that we got a chance to see some some of the the areas where we live in that we don't touch a lot of. You know, just because we're just driving to get to and fro, and you know, got a chance to do that, and then come back through. And it was a windy day yesterday, so we rode we rode against the wind going, and it was a blessed time coming back because we rode with the wind coming back. So, you know, it gave us the opportunity to, to, to enjoy life as it comes, you know, the ups, the downs, the ebbs and flows. And, you know, you think about things while you're, while you're going and you're talking and, you, and, and Courtney's doing more talking than me. So, you know, you know how that goes. Uh, she's doing that today. Uh, but it's something that I feel like if we, if we take the opportunity to, to take advantage of yeah. those small moments and, and utilize it by keeping ourselves up and moving, you know, as we get chance, as we age gracefully, just, just do things that are going to be fun, but also create some moments where it's, it's time for us and it's time to kind of put a little work involved in it as well. Yeah, I feel the same. I definitely get my most creative ideas when I am far away from the laptop and, and mm-hmm. usually having some kind of physical exercise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure. Have you all been going for walks during the quarantine? That's another thing I've been oh, yeah. uh, diligently incorporating into my day. Oh, yeah. Well, the walks are our dog's exercise time. So she don't have to sit up in the house and snack up weight on her body. So we take <laughs> make sure we take her on nice little walks and we get a chance to uh, we got a nice little area where we walk in here. A lot of trails. Uh, they say McKinney is one of the most physically fit towns in the in the nation uh, because people are always doing something you know, regarding exercise. So we, we take advantage of all these different trails that we have here. Courtney, is there something that you do that brings sort of? energy to your work or Mm -hmm. definitely um and i'm thank you for calling me out on that no yeah (laughs) yeah so so ty has always handled like the the physical aspect of the family like how we stay active i don't know how he got gained that title but it just morphed over the years and then where i feel the most creative is when i'm nurturing the family through food and so like I'm really, mm. I have, I'm a strong advocate for eating living things, right? So like not processed foods or anything of that nature. Even our son, when he was headed back to campus, knowing that they had to be quarantined for a couple of days, I said, well, what are you going to, what are you going to snack on? Cause you can't leave your room for a couple of days. He's like, I have no idea. Cause he's not a you know potato chips kind of guy or candies type of guy. And so 
I love being able to get in the kitchen and, and kind of drum up some new recipes. That gets my creative juices going. And it's, it's not always easy, you know, being vegan, especially being vegan in Texas where there's like a cow on every street corner. <laughs> um, but, but that's definitely like one of my roles that I take very seriously. And I do find a lot of creative inspiration when I'm in the kitchen doing something, making something. Are both of you vegan? Mm-hmm. We are. I loved the uh, the morning routines that you shared. Uh, yeah. Maybe biased because I, mine is pretty similar. But um, <laughs> what do you think it is about a good morning routine mm-hmm. that sets you up for success? Yeah, uh, it's it's a juggernaut for the day. You know, there's a lot of quietness and serenity in the morning. Mm-hmm. And if you do it before the sun comes up, you really, really get a a big bang out of the sereneness of just life. Uh, quietness of mind and quietness of time. And I think that it's just something about just that time, that that awakening that we call it, that awakening that really gives you the opportunity to just still yourself. And Mm -hmm. even when you've gotten past the meditation or the prayer or whatever it is that no one does, now you can feel like, okay, I've already taken on a quarter of some people's day before they've even waken up. And then once you implement physical uh, workouts or time to just kind of get away. And so here it is eight o'clock and, you know, most people won't get to where we're at at eight o'clock until it's like one o'clock. And by that time, most of the time, our day is on the downslide and we're just continuing to rev up, but we're doing Mm -hmm. so much that in a regular corporate eight hour day or 10 hour days, depending, or, or someone who works in the medical field, 10 hour day, 12 hour day, you know, we've already done so much in five hours that most people are just on a trajectory of something that they have to do. We're doing so much in an hour that most people never get a chance to do in three. Yeah. Two, two things come to mind off that is that one, when we meditate and, and this was not something that happened overnight, but as we continue to include that practice in our morning rituals, it clearly for us, like erases all the noise that's going on outside. And especially now with everything that's happening in this world. It's always been a crazy world, but it's definitely crazier in 2020. And so Mm -hmm. just that quiet time, like erases the noise and it kind of centers you on what to focus on. Like what are the big rocks that I need myself to do today that no one else can do, right? What am I uniquely gifted for to do today that I can cross off my list? And then secondly, there was a, a research report around the importance of like making your bed in the morning and how the most productive people actually do that one little thing every day. And it got down to the particulars of why that was so important. And it's because even though that's a very minute, very rote kind of thing that you do every day, it makes you feel so accomplished. And so it's like done. Like I get out of bed, I have accomplished this one thing and I'm ready to go to accomplish all the other, you know, how many tens of dozens or hundreds of things that you need to get done in a given day. So I'm a bus Courtney's bubble because oh, no. she's doing that now say. because she realizes that say. that's what it does. But <laughs> she's taking that from me. I, I grew up having to make my bed and, you know, I would watch my great grandmother and my grandmother do it and my mom. And it was just something that I always did. My mom never, she never laid in the bed. From the time she got up to the time, up until the time she went back to bed. She didn't nap in the bed. Nap in the bed. She would nap in the chair. So once that bed is made, it assures you, you're not going to get back in it. So people who who don't make their bed, more than likely they're going to get back in it. No, but here's the kicker. You have to tell them how long did Nuke and Babe 
take to make the bed. You know what? I didn't even know that it took that long. My great <laughs> my great grandmother and my and my grandmother and my mom, it, it was a job. You know, it took anywhere from it took you know, to 15 to 30, 45 minutes. These sheets were tight. And you know, <laughs> yes, I, I didn't I didn't know. know. And so, you know, when I would visit people and their beds weren't made, I just that's automatically you're dirty to me. <laughs> you just can't understand it. I just don't understand it. You just can't understand yeah, it. that's first date question number one for Ty. Right. Yeah. Do you make up the bed? Okay, then we're done. <laughs> it is funny how it really does become a domino effect. Mm-hmm. Chad and I were talking, I was reading, you know, the articles at the beginning of quarantine too, about all this guidance of like, from people who had worked from home for a long time because I I never really did. And everyone was saying like, make sure you take a shower and put on pants. And I was like, okay, gonna put on real pants every day. (laughs) And supposedly it makes a difference. Um, But it totally does. Like you feel like a a real whole human ready to go do your work. And it's not a snow day or a Saturday or or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. I mean, our minds just as human, like we crave consistency. And even though no one wants to say it, we actually do best in where there are some kind of boundaries, right? And so even though we're constantly pushing ourselves to do more, be more, accomplish more, give more to others, um, and understanding that imbalance is sometimes unavoidable, like having that routine, it it just Mm -hmm. makes for just like a better existence. How much do you talk about these sorts of things, especially when it's like more about sort of your personal structure? with the rest of your team? We pretty much don't talk about personal mm-hmm. things. Unless uh, they ask. But yeah. we do ask, you know, how their well-being. And, you know, it, it really starts to come into play when we have our retreats. Mm-hmm. And so we get a chance to really share our personal lives within the retreats and get a chance to get to know people. And anything that we can take away or implement or anything they can take away or implement in their lives uh, that's what we do. We're, we're about betterment of not just the team, but the community of Shishir. Mm-hmm. So you're not you're not enforcing that everyone makes their bed. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I just, can, I you're can just silently you. judging. I, <laughs> it's on their quarterly I, review. I can guarantee you that probably ninety five percent of the staff makes their beds just in knowing their their personalities. <laughs> they are just that kind of people. Um, but but even when we were you know, creating sheer share and thinking about, you know, what benefits to offer, you know, being a, a startup that doesn't always have the most access to resources, right? Whether it be money, people, time, energy, et cetera. Um, one of the things we did write into our benefits package was that you get funds uh, once a quarter to participate in some type of, you know, hobby that you have, right? So for some people, it may be like knitting. For some people, they may want to try their hat at art, or some people may want to learn how to ride a motorcycle. And so we do highly encourage that people do something other than stay in front of the computer every day because our bodies were not meant to just sit for, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours a day. Like you got to get out and got to do something. And in that regards, we kind of push people and highly strongly encourage them to get active in different ways. That's really neat. What are folks using it for? Yeah, so we we learned that one of our folks is a painter. She's a great painter, and she just picked up, you know, just something that she wanted to do. And she said, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna, you know, grab a couple of um, I don't know what you call them, I guess, boards and some paintbrushes, and started going to work. And she's really, really good at it. Another, like I said, is knitting. So I, I bet everybody's gonna get a scarf for for Christmas this year, <laughs> um, or or maybe some gloves. But yeah, it's and, uh, cooking. You know, a lot of our engineers actually love mm. cooking. And I don't know if there's some kind of 
you know, connection there between the engineering mind and like a chef's mind. But usually our engineers love to, you know, grab a new cookbook and try a new recipe out. Is this something new that you're doing post-quarantine or that you were Mm -mm. doing before? No, we were doing this before, but I think more people are being more active because now they don't have the excuse. Like they can't say, oh, I was in the office, you know, too late. I didn't get a chance to run to the grocery store or, you know, I was at this event, you know, for sheer share and I didn't have a chance to stop by Michael's to pick Mm -hmm. up a couple of paintbrushes. Like there's a, it's almost like a forced relaxation, right? Like we're, we're asking you to and encouraging you to do something that maybe you wouldn't have done before, but now that you have the opportunity to, and then on their end, they're saying, yeah, I have no excuses now. So I'm going to try my hat at XYZ. Yeah. That, that's one of the things that Lindsay and I talked about was, you know, some of our personal routines and the amount of personal time that we do have that we didn't have before, whether because we were both commuting before and we get yep. that time back. Or we're just around family all the time now. And so we actually have time where we can be apart from family and it be okay. Are there things that have changed for the two of you or for the company along those lines? None of my hobbies really changed. I think that I've gained some hobbies. I've increased some time in some areas of hobbies, Mm -hmm. uh, but none of them have changed. Which ones have increased? Uh, some of my hobbies, I like to work outside in our yard. So I'm a very, very mm-hmm. big outside person. Yeah, and so if I'm true. out there, you know, and I, I've given myself a two hour time frame, you know, now I throw in an extra 45 minutes to an hour and a half, just kind of doing a lot of more detailed things and just making sure that the yard is healthy and making sure that the, the house looks good. If there's, you know, sometimes birds be flying out and, you know, they'll drop some poop on the, on the paint of the house and I'll clean that off. You know, normally I wouldn't have time to do that, but now I have time to just go around and just check details and, you know, kind of clean up trash that's has blown in the yard. Or, you know, if there's something, if there's somebody, you know, that has trash in the yard next to me, I'll remove their trash as well. You know, I, I have to say that I do get more flowers now in quarantine, uh, but, but that's <laughs> oh. because yeah, Ty was one of his roles when he was younger. Again, he's number seven of eight kids. And so, you know, everybody has to have, you know, a role. One of his responsibilities was the yard work and the gardening alongside our mom. And so, so selfishly, I'm very happy that I, I get more flowers now. <laughs> I like color. <laughs> he does. And another one would be grilling. I think we grill a lot more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I did my first on the grill walk. So I was able to make mm-hmm. a veggie. I did. Yeah, I did veggie, veggie fried, fried rice. rice on the grill. It was so good. It was so good. Make me want to get it today. Can you, can you do that today? I will. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> For me. Uh, at what was, time? What's your address? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Everybody's invited, but you must wear a mask. Um, especially in Texas. For me, I think I've enjoyed longer runs, uh, and I, I ran track when I was uh, an undergrad, and, and you know it feels like a job because literally you're giving like 25 hours per week to this collegiate sport. Uh, but I find more solace in it now, where I can just throw on my headphones and listen to like a great podcast and listening to um, Arlen Hamilton's Your First Million, and I just go and oh, I yeah. just go, and I don't say I'm going to stop at after a, a mile or I'm going to stop after a couple of miles. I just keep going until you know I, I get tired and want to come back home. Until she runs with me and she realizes oh, how far gosh. she got to go. Yeah, his level of running is unlike anybody else's. I need to run by myself. You want to go on mountains and across valleys, and I'm like, I just want to have a nice little jaunt and come back home. <laughs> so do you work on the weekends? 
no, we may find ourselves accidentally doing some work, but no, we try to give ourselves some downtime. So we may utilize some of our time on a Saturday, maybe half of a day mm-hmm. and work, but we try to give some of that Saturday back to ourselves personally. Mm-hmm. And Sundays, we just shut it down. We don't even open up the mm-hmm. laptop. Yeah, I, I've had a, I had a hard time doing that when we transitioned over to ShareShare because in corporate America, like when I was working at Oracle and right now Technologies, I did not shut it down. Like I always felt I have to do this in order to get ahead and be ready to be, you know, a couple of feet ahead of everybody else on Monday mornings. And so I still struggle with that sometimes. He's been really good about helping me see the value and kind of shutting it completely off. There are always times when, you know, inspiration will hit, right? And you'll have to like write something down or shoot a quick email or slack somebody on the team. You know, those things are going to happen. But I do find that I am my most innovative. I am my healthiest. I'm definitely my happiest when I've had time to completely shut down my brain when it comes to quote unquote work. But then Mm -hmm. again, at the same time, it's like, man, everything that we're doing, we're helping people you know, and their livelihoods, like we're, we're helping to add commas to, you know, to their bank accounts. And so when you feel like there's such a bigger, grandiose mission, it's, it's really difficult to say, no, I'm not going to think about that right now, but, but we try. We're going to take a quick break to tell you about today's sponsor, Scout APM. Scout APM is quickly becoming my go-to performance monitoring tool for Rails apps. I love opening it up and seeing a prioritized list of issues that I can quickly knock out before end users ever see them. With the weekly digest and alerts, I can rest easy knowing that Scout will let me know if issues arise. Ultimately, Scout APM empowers developers to spend more time building great products by minimizing the effort required to identify and resolve performance issues. Scout's developer-centric approach quickly pinpoints N plus one queries, memory bloat, and other abnormalities. Their tracing logic saves me a ton of time by tying bottlenecks back to the line of code causing the issue. It's pretty great. Give Scout a try for free today, and you'll have the performance insights you've been dreaming of within four minutes. Sign up through scoutapm.com slash giantrobots, and Scout will donate $5 to the open source project of your choice when you deploy. Once again, thanks to Scout APM for sponsoring today's episode. That's interesting that it seems like maybe you were working even more hours when you were at Oracle, which in theory maybe had more of a structured day to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah, more hours, more structure, but not as much. I mean, I was still impactful, but it, the intensity was different. You know, in corporate America, you can kind of get stuck in a rut, right? And you're pressing the same button every day. And that's your button that you're supposed to press. And people don't think to come looking for you unless someone didn't press that exact same button at the exact same time every day. And so when you step out of that world into a world where you not only have to create the button and determine what color the button's going to be and when someone has to press it and all the back end that goes into the button even functioning, it's a different type of intensity. And so we've been really smart about kind of reining in where we know that we are the most productive and being able to feed ourselves things that we know, uh, and not just physically, but like spiritually, emotionally, mentally, feed ourselves when we know we're going to be able to produce the biggest output. And that's been really smart for us over the years, not just thinking about sheer share or running a startup, you know, exclusively, but just in living every day. Like if, mm-hmm. if you want me to work from nine to six, and I know that my best hours of productivity are like nine to one, 
I'm kind of cheating the system, right? Like I'm just sitting there now from one to six, just counting down the hours. So yeah, I think that's been a huge benefit and unlearning for us over the years. Have either of you ever felt burnt out from work, either at the, in this role or a different role? Well, definitely in my uh, world of working uh, behind the chair, I've, mm-hmm. I've probably burnt myself out probably multiple times, uh, several times. Uh, just just a lot of work, you know. And no vacation. You no, used to no, not take vacation. I used to not take any vacation. Yeah. So for my first five years in the industry, I worked probably twelve to fifteen hours a day. Mm-hmm. No vacation in that five years. Mm-hmm. I was just grinding. I was just building my clientele base, and I burnt out probably a couple of times. But you still kept going. <laughs> but but I but I love the industry so much. When, when I finally got a chance to rest, I missed it. So you know that was a whole new start of no burnout again. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't felt burnt out at all with, with sheer share. Felt intensity, yeah, but not definitely not burnout where I wanted to say pump the brakes or I got to stop. Corporate America, I have felt that way. But if I really dig down deep into it, it is because you you may work you know x number of hours in a week and may accomplish so much but either it's going unnoticed or the appreciation level is not there and so you feel like you're mm-hmm. on this cog of a wheel just going around in circles round in circles and thinking what's the reason for all this like what what's the what's the bigger purpose so i have felt it in years prior but no not not working with our own company yeah, I've used a similar comparison to when I worked in marketing at a, a larger company that it feels more like you're plugged into a specific point in a factory line mm-hmm. of things that are, are going on. And I think I'm similar to you in that I, I find more fulfillment in being a part of like the full picture. Yes, for sure. When you experienced that, how did you fix it? Uh, I took a vacation. <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, I, I got to step back. And I'm the kind of personality where I can't say, oh, I'm going to scale back and not work, you know, 20 hours. I'm just going to do 12 today. Like I have to, it's either all or nothing. Like I'm the person who will go purchase a bag of grapes and I eat the entire thing. Like I can't just have like a couple <laughs> and like set it aside. Like it's all or nothing. So, so because of that, yeah, I had to take a step back and go, it's vacation mode. And thankfully, you know, that breathed new life into me. And I was raring to go, you know, after like a week and a half or so. But it it takes time to first decompress, um, you know, once you do hit that level of burnout and you say, you know, there's got to be something more. And during that time, you're thinking, well, what more is there? Like when I go back, what is my world going to look like? How can I change my world? How can I improve it so that it's less of a, of, of a stressful experience for me? How can this be a joy again? And really just asking yourself those, you, know, you just got to do the work, you know, mentally and emotionally, you got to do the work and then come back at it with a new set of, of lenses. It's just totally different when you're working on something that's already built, when you're building something from scratch, like what we're doing at Share Share. And then once it gets moving, you know, you're, you're constantly, you know, rechanging parts, putting on parts, redoing things. And so it's a little different. So the days are going to look different. There are going to be moments within the first part of your day where you may burn out just for that part of the day. <laughs> and you just need to go and get like maybe a 15 minute rest or whatever you need to do. But something that's going to allow you to, you know, regain your strength and motivation and just get right back at it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like parenting. Yeah. You know, like no, no day is the same, right? And the, the child's going to respond differently to you based on the situation, time of day, your tone, you know, anything. It's never going to look 
the same. And so I guess we, we have been successful in that. And, you know, Sheer Sheer is like our next little baby. I'm like you, Courtney. I know that beyond a certain point, I'm going to work. <laughs> like I'm, I, my mind is going to keep on going. I want to be productive on something. And taking a vacation by myself, like my wife is still working. <laughs> my kids are like a stay at home vacation where everyone else is still going about their regular business it just wasn't going to do it for me. Uh-huh. So the thing that I hit upon was just stepping out and sort of doing like a, a retreat kind of thing, mm. a chance to like regroup, take some time for myself, but also do some big picture mm-hmm. thinking, mm-hmm. not have meetings that I needed to do, that sort of thing was really helpful to sort of getting that reset while still scratching that itch of wanting to be productive doing something. Yeah, no, that that's true. There was one year that I took a retreat alone and loved it so much where I drug my men with me the next year. And it was a, a yoga and meditation retreat up in the hills of Santa Cruz, California. It was at this Buddhist monastery and it was unbelievable. And so they got just as much out of that too. It, it just... It just censors you being away from just like the regular, normal day to day just censors you in a way where you can, like I said before, like erase the noise and really start to see what's priority. What are you most grateful for? Where do you decide to put your you know, gratitude bundles, if you will, and how you want to redo your life you know, as you continue to move forward when you do get back home? Did you enjoy that, babe? Yeah. Yeah. So good. You were working remotely before, so in order to communicate mm-hmm. with your team, you would have mm-hmm. to do calls and Correct. meetings and that kind of thing. Has that changed at all for your team in terms of how you're working with each other and the number of calls that you're on a day? I, I've heard from people that even we were working remotely before, but it seems like now they've increased the number of meetings we have, the number of video calls we have. No, I don't think so. I, I think the mm-hmm. only time that I pretty much try to make a call and it's unscheduled is when I am trying to now shorten the communication gap and just mm-hmm. get right to an answer. Mm-hmm. So I just do that straight through Slack. And so other than that, no, we don't have more meetings. We communicate very well. Yeah. I think that yeah. the meetings that we do have are, they were always intentional to begin with, but now like I'm listening for different things, like, you know, because everyone has, you know, these stay at home mandates and people are just starting to get out in some parts of uh, the nation, not even everywhere around the world or is our team able to leave their homes now freely. But so I'm listening for like tone, right? Like tone of voice. I'm listening for like the energy in their, in their speech and listening for those soft things that you may not hear. If someone types you a message on Slack or via email, then you will in your, in their voice. And because our team has been together for a good amount of time, you know, we know when something's up, we know when something's not right. And so we'll jump on a call with them and say, Hey, you know, how's, how's everything going? And inevitably we are correct in, in what we heard that their spirit was just a little off or was a little different and we get to help talk mm-hmm. them through that. And so th- those times are, are still very consistent. The times that our team has to connect, but we're listening for, for different things now, especially amidst all these pandemics. And is the key to that quote unquote in-person check-ins, you know, if there's like another founder out there who who's thinking about how to make sure their team is, having a good balance or, you know, is mentally healthy? What, what are some ways they can think about that? 
so for us, you know, it was important when we first uh, onboard a new team member, you know, we really do put a lot of effort and time and energy into getting to know that person. Like, what do they like to do when they're not thinking about sheer share? You know, how's their family dynamic? You know, what are their goals in life? What do they like to do on the weekends? What are their hobbies that, you know, would make someone chuckle? And when we do connect professionally, and for us, it's a daily stand-up every day, and then the teams have various calls throughout the week, it is knowing what that base was and then constantly kind of rejigging to understand, you know, where is this person in the flow? Like, are they on a, is this a, a good day? Is something happening behind the scenes that we need to chat with them about? So it's, mm-hmm. it's I wish I could say like, it's a, a book that you read, but it's really just being tuned in <laughs> to the frequency of, yeah. of your team members and really trying to understand them at their core so that you can respond appropriately. And I don't think that we've ever missed anyone, but I will say that our team is so tight that if we, if Ty or I missed someone, a team member would pick the, up the slack and say, Hey, I talked with, you know, such and such yesterday. Did you know that this was happening? And, you know, I really want to do something about it. Or, you know, maybe you guys can chat with him or her. So it's not just us who's constantly listening for, you know, those slight variations in people's voices. That's great. Do you have anyone doing human resources right now? We are the human resources yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Our team is great about referrals for, you know, build, helping the team grow. Mm-hmm. But then, the, you know, the people who do the interviewing and the people who onboard, it's definitely um, a, a team effort. So, you know, someone coming on board today will not just have spoken with Ty or myself and then the role that they're coming in to fill, but they'll speak to other members of the team as well to understand, you know, how this engine kind of works. And that that's important because that's balanced for us, you know, not having to you know, put all that impetus on, you know, the person that we think is the best for the team. The team always has uh, feedback to, to provide. And plus, when everyone is working towards the same goal, you know, that person who's being onboarded, who's just new to Share Share, really feels the love because they're they're getting it from all angles. You mentioned listening to the Arlen Hamilton podcast. Is that a source of inspiration for you? Or are there other people in the industry that are go-tos for you in terms of feeding off their energy to, to do this work? So shamefully, I'm going to say after Arlen's podcast, I have a penchant for like crime stories. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so when, when, I, when I want to disconnect, which is what I need in order to be inspired. Like I need some mm-hmm. unstructured time to, to just think and flow. I listen to the craziest stories about the craziest crimes. And I don't know why that does it for me, but it's just like, a oh, like I definitely feed off of Arlen's energy, but the crime stories are just, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's a guilty pleasure. I mean, Courtney, after today, I more than ever, we are kindred spirits. Uh, you know, between the all or nothing and the crime stories. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, Lizzie. I love it. What about you, Ty? Do you have any uh, business leaders you look to or crime that (laughs) (laughs) ways to unplug? I'm not really a crime person. I I listen to a lot of motivational podcasts. I listen to a lot of business-minded podcasts. So one of my mentors is Les Brown. So I like to listen to Les Brown. I also like to listen to a lot of spiritual sermons like T.D. Jakes. I read a lot of books. So I, I have a, a slew of things that can kind of give me, you know, some type of getaway, whether it just be uh, through an audio book or whether it be through audio podcasts or whether it be 
anything that's going to be uplifting. I try to take and adapt and just kind of implement a lot of those things in my life from other people. I'm kind of a, what they call, people like to say I've been here before. So, you know, I I lived to see my great-grandmother up until I was 15. My grandmother, uh, my mom and dad are older because I'm the seventh of eight kids. So I try to take a lot of wisdom and I started life early, you know, just in this juggernaut of of being responsible. So I try to take a lot of things and they try to give me a a little bit of a, uh, a heads up about what life has in front of me. And so I'm always listening to things that are going to motivate me to get through certain situations in life. And I know, you know, religion's a big part of your lives. Mm -hmm. How does that fit into your work life, if it does? Um, Spiritually, great question. It really is the the foundation of, of just our life in general. You know, everything else is just pretty much linear across the board, and you just kind of section them off and, you know, put them in different categories. But in our spirituality, is a key component to uh, who we are as people and how we want to just kind of lead our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we just try to be you know authentic in who we are and our behavior and our just you know just in ourselves personality wise and it keeps us sane. It keeps us sane mm-hmm. from a world that you just really don't know what's going to happen from minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day, and you just got to just understand that you're just not floating around. You're just not here for no reason. You're here for a reason. So I try to take, I try to try to take every moment in life as a, as a lesson to be learned. It's something if I, whether I'm giving back or whether I'm some pouring, someone's pouring anything into me or I'm pouring anything into someone, I just feel like my spiritual uh, health has to be in a place where I'm feeling comfortable. And that's kind of how I lead my life. Great. Have there been any company updates we should know about since since last time we chatted? Yeah, we just happily acquired a, a product manager. So, you know, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of uh, these two non-tech minded people because I, I, I really love being the visionary. But, you know, when you're talking to your engineers, you kind of have to focus on your on your lead engineer to kind of help you understand what what everybody's doing and what they need to implement but now I can just focus on the product manager doing all that and I can just kind of take a little bit of piece of my ideation and ideas and vision and reel that in and, and utilize that more now I can't imagine what that's going to look like now that you have that piece to be able to focus on keep you working yeah definitely you have so many so many different ideas i i, I kind of sense guys another 20 mile uh bike ride here um, <laughs> when when did that person start she starts on wednesday okay so she, she hasn't started yet so yeah. how did you how did you find that person a congratulations referral. on filling the role yeah big Thank congrats you. that's a big milestone it is and that that's a big piece of the pie too that we wanted to fill for 2020 and we're also hiring for a biz dev person. So if anyone out there is interested, let us know. Uh, but yes, yeah, she came by way of referral. A couple of our engineers had worked with her before in past lives. And it, the timing was just too perfect. And so it just made sense for us to connect. And she was a good fit. And the team seems to like her already just with the couple of conversations they've had. So Wednesday's a big day. Do you know going into that how you're going to onboard this person and transition from some of those responsibilities that you're doing now. How, how intentional are you about that? Yeah, we try to be as intentional as possible, right? Because you know that things are going to come up that you were not expecting. You know, she's going to bring something to the table that we desperately need that we didn't know that we needed. And so because of that, I don't think you can ever go into it 
and kind of stand in wet cement. Like you have to have some sort of plan. Um, and so, yes, we are intentional. We have uh, meetings for her to be set up already, or actually the team has already set up meetings and one-on-ones with her for the transition mm-hmm. period. We have a certain order that we want her to go in with who she connects with on the team um, and when, and they know what things to talk with her about and vice versa and what things to bring up that they may have been thinking about that we haven't been able to act upon. And then, you know, at the end of that, like first onboarding week, we want to sit down again and kind of carve out like what's the 30, 60, 90 day plan? Like what does success mm-hmm. look like for you as a PM um, in share share and kind of match those up and layer on, you know, what our goals are month to month, quarter to quarter and go from there, knowing that there are going to be tons of gaps that are going to be filled in that we didn't even realize even existed. That sounds pretty intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we try to be as intentional as possible as we're building this thing from from nothing, right? And there's no, there's really no roadmap. Although there are plenty of books about you know how to start a company or how to start a tech startup, you know everybody's story is so different, and ours is even more uniquely just ours. So as much as we can be, we we purpose to be intentional, again, knowing that there's going to be so much that comes at us that we didn't know before and can't wait to have those experiences because it all leads to even more data that we can collect and act upon in a positive way. Well, I'm already excited to check in on that one next time. I'm like already (laughs) jotting down questions. So, (laughs) Love it. Love it. Awesome. Well, I think that about does it, Lindsay. You think? Yeah, I think so. That's all the questions I had. Thanks for letting us uh, pry into your personal lives today. Of course. (laughs) That was fun, guys. We need your recipe for the the life extender drink. Oh, yeah. Uh, We can add it (laughs) to the show notes. That's a good name. That's a good name. I I, I will actually send that over. We don't don't know what to call it. What do I call it? Anti-aging. Is that what you said? That's what I said, but we call it something in the family. And I forget if I, if I can remember the name, I have to call my son and say, what do we, what do we call so that funny. drink? I know it's crazy. Maybe like potion or something. Like it's so, yes. so simplistic. Elixir. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Some kind of elixir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I'll definitely share the recipe with you every day. We have Thanks. it every day. Definitely. We'll add that recipe to the show notes for this episode. You can find the elixir. Uh, you can find those show notes <laughs> at giantrobots.fm. If you have questions or comments, email us at hosts at giantrobots.fm. And you can find me on Twitter at Lindsay3D. You can find me on Twitter at CPytel. And Shearshare is everywhere at Shearshare. Oh, thank you. Yes, you can find Shearshare at Shearshare on Instagram or Shearshare.com. This podcast is brought to you by ThoughtBot and produced and edited by Tom Wabarski. Thanks for listening. See you next time. This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. ThoughtBot is your expert design and development partner. Let's make your product and team a success.